The date is October 28th, 2009. The album is Weezer's Ratitude. This is the Wet Bandits Podcast. Nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Got a story. A story once was told. Two young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. I got a story. A story. Hello, hello. Happy St. Patrick's Day if you're listening on the day you're recording, which is only me and you. Because this won't get released for weeks. Weeks. Because we're on the ball. Yeah. But it's St. Patrick's Day here. It is like everywhere else in America, coronavirus central. I you know there's a lot of this podcast that we say like we don't want to make it into too much of a time capsule. You want it to be Where timeless. Do you, think be? you want it to be timeless. But there's a part of me that is I didn't mean to make this emotional. I'm not emotional, but sentimental. Right, I didn't uh-huh. mean to make this sentimental, but there's a part of me that's proud of how far this has gone. Like this the is pot. something like our 62nd hell yeah episode, and it's been a pleasure. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and someday, maybe I'm gonna look back on this uh-huh. and be like, "Look at this cool thing we did." Like my daughter will be older. I'll be like, "Don't listen to the swearing, honey." But <laughs> like this is a thing that we did, and literally thousands of people listened to it. Yeah, literally, which isn't a lot compared to a lot of podcasts, but it's a lot more than I ever thought. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of cool. And I, I almost would regret not mentioning, oh yeah, we did this through, and maybe we'll be like, that was stupid that we recorded an episode during, in the midst of the coronavirus, you know, I mean, we're six feet apart. So I see, I see you drew a line where I'm supposed to sit. Yeah. We're not going to (laughs) touch each other. And if you sneeze like, no, sir, we're going to burn this room to the ground. Lysol bath for me. But are you, do you not like germs? No, 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 no. But that I've been doing a lot of studying on coronavirus and how it passes. Like it's not, it's not airborne, Uh you know, it's moisture. Yeah. And so you should be pretty good as long as you stay away from people and, the surfaces they touch get cleaned off or you clean yourself off. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's pretty it's it's a weird, weird, weird time, right? Like you just don't know. Yeah. You don't, you don't know, know if it's like overhyped or Yeah. See, I think it's overhyped like two reasons, the government and the media, because it's just like make it high expectation. You, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Here's what I think. And I could be 100% wrong, but I, I agree with you. I think the media, and when I say media, I'm including, like, in the world we live in today, everyone's a part of the media because Twitter's a part of the media. Yeah. Like, when, when they closed down um, the Arnold Fitness Expo to spectators, most of that news came from social media, which mm-hmm. is why no one knew what the hell was going on because no one official was being proactive about it. Like Arnold's on Instagram saying one thing and then somebody else is saying another thing and nobody knows what's going on. So Joe Schmo on Twitter, like he counts as media. I think the media is, um, they are 
panicked and exaggerating the problem only because only in the sense that they're 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 not really helping they're making everybody i can't think of the word i'm looking for but they're making people like afraid yeah but the government i think is overreacting sort of like your teacher acts on the first day of school like you know they the government has to understand that people are going to push the boundaries even Mm -hmm. about something this dumb so they have to come down a little hard so that when we push the boundaries we push them to an appropriate level does that make sense yeah so we're you and i were speculating before we started recording that that it's very possible that we'll be on like a level three road emergency where we're only allowed to be in our car if we're going to the grocery store. Like that might not be necessary to flatten the curve. That's the, that's the uh, trendy phrase Uh to use right now. That might be a hundred percent necessary, but it's certainly not bad if everyone follows that. Sorry, my teeth hit the microphone. It's certainly not bad if everyone were to do that, but they're, I I think maybe they're taking into account like, okay, if people push this boundary a little bit, we'll still be okay, if that makes sense. So that's my take. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that, I mean, I heard that the doctor who's been appointed to the, I, I forget what her title is, Dr. Amy Acton. The federal she, or state? State. Yeah. She rules. Yeah, she's cool. And she, um, she said... She referred to this as a once in a lifetime pandemic, which I almost find that hard to believe because you know, we live in a time where so many bad things can happen. Like, does she really is that a little bit of hyperbole? Like, really in the next 9, you know, if I live to be 100, in the next 60 years will there not be anything worse than this? Like, I don't know. I mean, people who are 70s said they'd never seen anything like it. No, that's true. You know what I mean, I just assume people are going to get with more people, you end up with more possibilities to transfer stuff yeah. like this. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, the population population is probably going to go up or definitely going to yeah. go up. And you know what's interesting though that I was thinking about? Did you see any of those reports from Venice about mm-hmm. how like the um, the canals have cleared up because people are. That there, I had seen reports about how filthy the canals were and how no life was sustainable in the in the uh, you know what they're they're known for their gondola or yeah or whatever. Um, but apparently the waters are clearing up because nobody's using them anymore. Weird. It's not. I, it is weird, but I kind of think it's not weird. Yeah. I'm kind of like not surprised at all. And I wonder if what we're gonna find if everybody is you know quarantined in their home the state of the environment's going to like drastically improve over the next two weeks or something. Won't that be something? Yes. <laughs> that would be something. Like, like it's like, you know, like I was listening to NPR, like after the, um, you know, nine 11, you had like the airlines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll probably, the, there will probably be some changes how we live. Yeah. You, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like now airport security is like crazy. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I wonder if, this will change yeah any sort of process a lot of small businesses are gonna have a i work for one so i know that they're gonna a lot of them are gonna struggle now which is that's not even worth mentioning because everybody knows it but but the point i'm getting to is more you know right now nobody's coming to shop 
or whatever. The the streets are empty now and mm-hmm. we're not really quarantined. If we get put on a serious quarantine, say for three weeks or something, I don't know how long, then I wonder how quickly it's going to get back to normal. I just have yeah. this feeling that if we get to a level three quarantine and it lasts more than more than a few days, which it would have to, people are going to have a real tough time like getting back to quote unquote normal. And like people will kind of continue to quarantine themselves. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just don't see rush hour being exactly the same as it was. I mean, even today, right like after work, it's not like I could just dr- consistently drive. I did not. That's what I mean. Stop. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, and it, I, I just think that if we get into level three, you know, let's say rush hour is at a five right now, even lower. We'll say rush hour is at a three. If we get to the point where we're forced to stay inside, I think the day that quarantine is lifted, rush hour will be still only like a one or a two, oh. at least for a little while. I don't think people are going to be like, oh, it's all fine uh-huh. now and, and back to normal. Right. That makes sense. So I don't know. Because we'll like, you know, private in- industries will still make their own choices. Right. I mean, school is going to be canceled. Yeah. Like the, that's one aspect. The timing is one thing too. Like roads are always busier when school's in session and it's only March, but they're not going back to school this year. They haven't announced that yet, but they, they imply it a lot. Yeah. Like Macy's and somebody else closed today. Oh yeah. Just like people are. Mm-hmm. Lululemon, Nike, a lot of like bigger brands that aren't traditional storefronts. They've announced that they're closed. I mean, they still sell online, so it doesn't matter, but. Try not to touch my nose, man. I know. I can't help it, though. I just wash my hands. Anyway, that's enough of this, don't you think? That's oh, my God. That. We haven't even talked about uh, it. The date, again, was October 28th, 2009. Number one song on the Billboard charts was some song called Three by Britney Spears. I love that song. You don't know I it. I know. You can't fool me, mister. Number three, er, sorry, number one song was Three by Britney Spears. This is interesting. I've never heard of that song. That is the only song not by an American Idol star to debut at number one in the 2000s. Wow. Now, obviously, a song can climb the chart and get to number one, but this was the only song to debut number one that wasn't some American Idol star. American Idol, what a machine. Indeed. You know? And I think of American Idol as like cheese ball. And yeah. I, I know there's, you got your Carrie Underwoods and your Kelly Clarksons, but outside of that, like, I don't know, who cares? Who cares about American Idol champions now? Yeah. Apparently somebody does. I mean, just think they have a TV show lasting like, True. A few months, and then at the very end, they get a one hit. Yeah. You know. Number one. Yeah, it's true. Good point. Number one mainstream rock. Check my brain. Allison Chains. Thank you. They came out with music in two thousand two thousand nine. This that was their first album post Lane. Oh. This was Black Gives Way to Blue. Check my brain was the longest lasting number one mainstream rock song of the year. Uh, it was eight weeks. It was tied with another... Oh, it was tied with... Um, I'm not going to remember. I think it was a Stained song or something. Oh, it doesn't probably. matter. It doesn't matter. So, top five albums on this date. October 28, 2009. Number one, Play On by Carrie Underwood. We just mentioned. Play On by Carrie Underwood. 
album two, This Is It, which is the soundtrack to the Michael Jackson experience thing. And it, my, I've never seen it. I, th- I think it's not like a movie per se. It's mm. like a concert video or something. Who knows? Number three, My Christmas, Andrea Bocelli. Don't know it. Oh, yeah, you know. he's. Some people say he has the most beautiful singing voice in the world. But you don't know that album. Neither do I. Number four. This is a weird top five. Number four. Glee, season one, the music, volume one. That Jeez. is the shittiest <laughs> title for now. I don't care. Is that still on? I don't know. But that that title has three colons. Wait. Two colons in it, but it could have three. Glee, colon, season one, colon, the music, volume one. I think they just decided three is too many colons. We're not going to put it after the music, but they could have. Glee, colon, season one, colon, the music, colon, volume one. That is a shitty, name it anything else. Number five, <laughs> now 32. Now 32. You know. Oh. that You know, now that's what I call music. Yeah. God. That and Kids Bop, bro. <laughs> Both super shitty. We should get some Kids Bop and rank them. Let's rank all the Kids Bop. All right, we can do that. Someday. We'll mark it down in our notes. That actually that would... sounds like kind of a fun idea. The <laughs> Ratitude, which is the album we're covering, came in at number seven. So not too bad. The Ratitude, the name for the album, was uh, given to him by, given to Rivers by Rain Wilson. Dwight from The Office, oh. which sounds like something He looks Dwight, like a Weezer fan. He does. He, one, looks like a Weezer fan, and two, looks like the kind of guy who'd be like, you should name it Ratitude. Actually, I don't know Rain Wilson that well outside of The Office. It seems like something Dwight would uh-huh. say. Dwight uh-huh. would say, like, you should name it Ratitude. But that's where it came from. Th- this is, there. there's a short, I think we've mentioned it before, but there. there's like a short time period where Rivers decided he was only going to sing and Patrick Wilson played some guitar when they play out live. And at the, at this time they brought in this got session drummer, John freeze to drum with them live. They weren't doing a whole lot of live shows at the time. Cause mm-hmm. in their estimation, they were less, I mean, they're still selling top 10 albums, but yeah, but in their estimation, they weren't as popular. I don't know. They were just trying a lot of different things. This is post red album. So and the red album was the one where they I did. I was looking at them today. Sort of like the hoot nanny type. Like they wanted fans to bring instruments to shows and stuff. And uh, really, so, yeah, that's. I don't think that maybe ever happened. But there were rumors that Rivers was asking people, like asking fans, like come out with your kazoo's or whatever, uh-huh. and we'll, it'll be a, you know, a celebratory thing. It, different. It's kind of a neat idea if they did it. But I I didn't see any red album tour and. But it, that's not, uh, I didn't want to get into that that much, other than to say that John Freeze ends up playing drums on three of these tracks. He's on I'm Your Daddy, The Girl Got Hot, and Let It All Hang Out. Hmm. So he, and, and Patrick Wilson played some guitar, and, and this sets up for Everything Will Be All Right in the End, which comes three albums later, but, or maybe four, but what, whether whatever the number is the point is that this sets up for that sort of comeback that Weezer is so trademarked <laughs> he has trademarked so often you know the comeback album where they're like look maybe I should just Rivers is saying maybe I should play guitar and Pat should play the drums you know which is what yeah. they talk about in Back to the Shack 
Uh, reviews for this album were mostly average. Um, so, you know, some people said it was the worst album of the year. At least one reviewer from Pop Matters. Worst? The worst album of the year. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of the, I guess if you could make like a, like a conglomerate of all the reviews, is that the word? I'm going to use it. You know the (laughs) word. Don't call me out, fandits. Um, That a a lot of the reviews kind of agreed that the album falls off after song three, which spoiler alert, I don't agree with, but that I'm just setting you up with what we're going to It was weird because like when I was listen- listening to this album, I was like, I don't know, bro. But then once I was like done, it only has 10 songs, yep. which I like. Yeah. Of which a lot of al- Weezer albums only have 10 songs. Oh, really? Yeah. They don't go like 13 or 14? Some of the newer ones do. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I kind of dig yeah. it. You know. But like Blue, Pinkerton, Green... Uh, red and Ratitude. That's five of the first seven only have ten songs. Maladroit has thirteen, I think, yeah. and Make Believe has eleven or twelve, something like that. So a lot of them only have ten. Anyway, Brian Bell. It, the other thing I thought you were going to say about this album is um, and what I felt about it was this is awfully like synthy. This is awfully poppy. Like Weezer's trying to do something that I'm not too sure yeah. about. And Brian Bell, the guitarist, felt the same way. Hmm. He he came to Rivers and said, you know, I'm not too certain about the direction here. And Rivers <clears throat> kind of just said to him, this is how he reassured him. He said, look, this is just one album of many Weezer albums that are going to be recorded. This is just something we're trying. And that made Brian Bell feel better. I think if you take that perspective going into this album, which is hard to do when it's first comes out, because you, you every time Weezer releases something, people are looking for Pinkerton Part Two, and so they get this, and they're like, "What? Yeah, like I'm not too sure about this." They're already kind of like bummed because the Red album was a com- another commercial quote unquote failure, in that it wasn't Pinkerton Part Two, and it Pork and Beans was a pretty massive hit, but like. It did, it wasn't really as big a hit as Beverly Hills mm-hmm. was, and certainly not as big as anything from Blue Album. So it's like, I, I feel like this one was less anticipated. I didn't feel the same from Weezer Nation. I didn't feel the same like oh, excitement around yeah. this that I felt for Red or Make Believe or Maladroit or Green. This is kind of like the lull, and and honestly, to to this album's credit, I think the first song actually kind of like does justice kind of getting you excited again right Go! 
so, so you asked me while it was playing, do I like this one? And then first, I'm not going to answer you. I'm going to explain something. Explain. <laughs> I shouldn't explain to you, this to you on mic, but I'm going to because you asked. That, I, like our levels in our headphones, I think are so much different than what ends up being in the recording. Like when we talk, you can hear that we're talking, but you can't understand what we're saying. Like the audience can't understand what we're saying. So I didn't answer because I don't think they'd know you asked the question. Oh. So you asked me, do I like this song? Do yes. you like it? Yes. 100%. No, I don't like... I Okay, I, like I, I don't want to marry it. it. I think I... Right, I don't want to <laughs> marry it. I think I love it, though. It's a good... It's a... It's a good Weezer song that I'm glad they play live. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, of the of the big hits of theirs, because this was a big hit, of the big Weezer hits, you've said before that one of the things you respect about Weezer is... You know, they may not have the baller album, but they every album has like a hit yeah. that like keeps them relevant. This is that hit from Ratitude. Beverly Hills is the one from Make Believe. Um, Pork, Pork and Beans, Beans is the one from the Red Album. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of it. Memories is the one from Hurley that's coming up. They Back to the Shack. that album, Hurley? Yeah. Dude, that's we'll talk about that. It's w- a weird situation. But this is my favorite of all of those. Of the, of the songs where, where most people only know one single from the album, this is the best one, hmm. I think. What do you think about it? Yeah, I like it because it's different. It is a little different, too. The, it, it's got a cool like little acoustic yeah. riff. Add to their arsenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's cool live, too. Because yeah. it's not just like you know, Pork and Beans, which is kind of El Scorcho-ish, and it's not like Beverly Hills, which is just another... They, they like, don't have the Weezer chords. Yeah, yeah, kind of. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's really acoustic-driven in the verses and stuff. So I like that one. Number two is one I mentioned already as uh, John Freeze on drums, not Patrick Wilson. Um, it's I'm Your Daddy. It's the second song. Whoop. Here we go. I thought tonight would suck like every other night I'd party with my friends But when I saw you grooving on the dance floor Normal came to an end We started talking and then it was so clear to me There's no one else like you You got the brains, the body and the beauty To top it off So this was a single. Uh, this was the second single, I think. Second or third. I, I am fine with this one, too. I don't love it. I like the riff. Bowing on That's yeah. just like going up three notes. Then Yeah. What I kind of like about it is, and g- in general in this album, the guitars are pretty big. Now, there's like a backup like synth that mm-hmm. I've mentioned before that makes the sound sound fatter, which is very sort of like, I don't know. We mentioned... Uh, the All American Rejects okay. helped um, helped co-write uh, a song on shit. What was it? I'm losing. I forget. I can't think it's of it. Still playing. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay, but oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the reason I can't remember is because it's a different song on this album. <laughs> but so there's influence. There's influence uh, on this album that's kind of more like. 
power pop bands yeah, yeah, are yeah. kind of like influencing this, and it's ha- kind of has that sound, but it's still Weezer-y, so yeah. I sort of like it. Uh, the third song, and either the second or third single, I can't is uh, is the girl got hot. Hard stop because every time I hear this song, I think when the band got started, I expect the next line to be like, and then the crowd farted. Not oh, really? Every time. Yeah, and like he I'll might be an underrated guitar player. He is. You, you know what I mean? A hundred percent, he is. Like he's it, in that category. Yeah. Like if someone asked me, like, name like three underrated guitar players, you know, because I had that someone come up to me the other day. Yeah. And ask me, not really, but <laughs> but they could. They could. I and I'm going to be ready. I saw. <laughs> I follow a Twitter account called Return of Rock, which all the Twitter account does is ask you, what's your, and it always capitalizes uh-huh. like your favorite lead guitar player of all time. Like, I'm surprised they don't run out of questions because they ask the, basically the same question yeah. over and over. But, yeah, who's the most underrated guitar player? Yeah, he's up there. He is, uh, Rick really? Okay, I think it was Rick Okasik. It was one of their producers, Okasik or Rick Rubin, said that Rivers... Like when he does his guitar solo, records his solos, he only ever does one take. Oh, that's Always sweet. does it in one Black take. Black Keys do kind of yeah. stuff like that. So, I don't know if that's still true, but yeah. it's pretty sweet if it is true. Yeah. <sighs> this song is fine. It's like a lot of songs on here, I guess. I, I don't love it, but again, it's like like a lot of Weezer tunes. It's just like kind of fun to listen to. Yeah, like you can. It's like you've said. It's kind of a good driving song. Uh-huh. There's a lot of good driving songs on here. And then, like I said before, a lot of the re- reviews said that this out al- this album kind of falls off after track three. I was wrong, by the way. Girl Got Hot is not a single. This is just the third song. On here. But the fourth song is where it gets. Arguably weird. This song is called Can't Stop Partying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like this could be like on a movie.
Go for it. Like how I'm trying to say this. So this song is like how you get dudes to actually like club music. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how like Except it's not club enough for the ladies, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. So like the dude's like, You're into this, right? And they're like, No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is written co written by Jermaine Dupree. Who's that? He well, he's another you know, like R&B producer, songwriter. Okay. So, like, there's a little, I don't know, street cred in yeah. there. And Lil Wayne makes an appearance. Lil Wayne is the rap in the middle. Oh, I don't really? know if you realize it, but we're going to... Which reminds me, by the way, we still haven't introduced each other. We're Yo, two-fifths of the greatest nice 90s cover grand in the world. I'm Wheezy. We, yeah, we can't shake hands. That's why we didn't do it, because yeah. we can't introduce each other. But I'm Wheezy. Slammy B. Slammy B. Two-fifths of the wet band. It's the greatest 90 cover band in the world. But here comes Wheezy Part 2. You heard it here. It's Weezer and it's Wheezy. Now, you might think that I stole my own nickname from Lil Wayne, but you'd be wrong. He stole it from me. And you know what? That's a perfect time for. Deep dive. Do you lie? Dude. Because <laughs> you know what? I do lie. I didn't steal it from Lil Wayne. I just I think it was a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. He did not steal it from me. D- you told me a lie. I'm going to say it right now. You lied to me about coronavirus. <laughs> I don't lie, dude. <laughs> you you kind of scared me. Dude, I thought you were joking with me. No. <laughs> I mean, I was for a little bit, because, but you kept going. And I was like, wait, is he serious? <laughs> you serious, bro? You said, I forget what it was that made me. Well, what was the lie? What was the lie you told me? Oh, you asked about Ashley. Yes. I was like. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's it. I, I, I asked about Ashley. I was like, does she have coronavirus? And I was like kind of kidding. But then you were like, yeah, she's in the hospital, dude. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> that's what you said. Which, this is not a laughing matter, but yeah, it was kind of... Well, at this time, it was at, still... At this time, right. It was still like mega new. So, you know, kind of like... I hate to compare this to another really sad day in American history, but when 9-11 happened, I I went, I was out running. I was in college. I was out running. And then I came back to our lock, the track team locker room. And one of my teammates was like, man, somebody bombed the, because they didn't know it was planes yet. Mm -hmm. It was like somebody bombed the World Trade Center. And I was like, geez, I hope I don't get drafted. Like, you say stupid shit like that because you don't know what's going on and yeah. you don't know how to react to something like that. But anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You got any other lies? We got to record another one tonight so you yeah. can think of it for later. But that's Can't Stop Partying. Do you have lies? I Yeah, I just did. I lied and said that uh, Lil Wayne took his nickname from oh, me. Oh, yeah. So speaking of songs, I mentioned that 
they have a song co-written by All American Rejects. This, the fifth Are song. Are they like BFFs with them? No. Three. This is called Put Me Back Together. When I walk down the street. Hard pause. I forgot to ask you what you think about Can't Stop Partying. I like it. Dude, I do too. Because yeah. it's, it's so tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. You have this legit, you have these two legit rap slash R&B artists. And you've got Rivers Cuomo talking about walking into the club and getting bottles of the goose and all he needs is jewels and you know yeah. girls i'm <laughs> trying not to associate this with dad rock by any means because i hate yeah. that term but that's how you get dads to party true but here's what i think the difference is between dad rock and and weezer is that weezer is self-aware yeah. Like Weezer, they, I don't think they oh, think yeah. like they I'm don't being have the cool. self ego. Like, like they know this is funny. Yeah, yeah. And I could be wrong, but that's the sense I get. In fact, I saw a, a somebody I follow on Twitter saying that she loved Foo Fighters, but then a friend told her Foo Fighters was dad rock and now she's devastated. I would say I don't think Foo Fighters is dad rock, but it's closer to dad rock than Weezer is. Definitely. Because they're still like trying to do it. I mean, Journey is dad rock. That is dad rock. Journey it's al- is journey. Yeah, it's almost like gone too far. Yeah, <laughs> to be dad, it's gone. It's grandpa rock, if there is such. Journey a is like mom rock. Actually, that's accurate. Journey you, is mom. You know what I'm saying? You are a hundred percent correct. So this is back to back. Put me back I love this song. Yeah, I love it. I think it's good. It's really because it's a little different. Like they just go through a chorus without building up, which is typically Weezer comes in with the heavy guitars by the chorus. But this one's a slower build, um, and it's just it's another great like pop hook. And I, and I, when re- when reviews complain about Weezer, that. They complain when it benefits them, and they praise Weezer when it benefits them. When it hits them the right way, critics will say, like, oh, Rivers knows how to write a great hook. But when they don't like the song for some reason, they're like, all Rivers does is write a clever hook and dance around it. Like, Uh it's, you like it or you don't. I understand, but, like, this is what makes Weezer so good is they do stuff like this. Yeah. This song, like, and much of Ratitude... The guitars are big, like it. A lot of it, like rocks, you know. Um, the end of this song is so good. Um, I whoops, I didn't mean to. Here we're coming up on it right now. Like that's so good. Yeah. That's so good for a couple reasons like if you do it right you can always drop out the band and then bring the band back in and it elicits like a certain kind of emotion especially when the singer sings over it Mm -hmm. but the feedback that comes in right before the the rest of the instruments comes in is good and the fact that rivers sings it 
pretty poorly. Uh-huh. Like his voice cracks. I love that. Yeah, me too. The, his voice cracks a little bit, which makes it sound more emotive. And it's just like when it sounds like there's real. something about it. Right. It sounds yeah. real because it kind of sounds like garbage. Here it is. Uh, one more time. I'm going to start right off full volume. It's clear that I'm not getting better. Song's good. Song's real good. This is the third single on the album. This is Trippin' Down the Freeway. You like this one? I don't you love to ask me you love to ask me about the song as it starts to play. You ask me what does he say? Yeah. Right there. He says, You asked me if you had put on some weight. Is that what you think? Weezer, bro. No, no, no. I told you that you had put on some weight. You told me that you went out with somebody named Kevin Green, which I love. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Here's the, here's the chorus. This isn't a list that I've made for myself. And I know this is a single, but not very many people know it. This is, this might be like a top 10 Weezer deep cut for me. Really? I love this song. The chorus is so catchy. I love that it, it starts from not just an 08 and 09, and then the next chorus is not just an 09 and 010, and then in the last chorus is not just an 010 and 011. So, I mean, it's stupid. It's cheese ball, but the melody is so good. Dude. There, Rivers. I don't know. If, I don't know if I can get away with saying this, but Rivers it could be like the White Prince. What? Hmm. People are like, what? You know what? I'm trying to think about it as if I could answer that, and I can't because I don't know Prince enough. Neither do I. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I know Prince. Anything he writes is like good. Oh, I see. In that way. You know, yeah, I get that. Like, yeah, and also similar to Prince, they he writes thousands of songs that you'll never hear yeah like when prince died that was the big thing is he's got this huge catalog of songs that no one's ever heard and every time weezer does an album they're choosing from like 200 songs so yeah actually that you're no there are probably other musicians that are kind of like that that are maybe a little more similar but no and but like their bodies like the instrument you know like yes and the the their body of work is very diverse. Yeah. You know, like, Weezer is is a pretty, in some ways, a specific, like, you know, pop rock or power punk or whatever. But then you have this album that has so many uh, R&B elements in it. You have the Red album that's weird and really, quote-unquote, experimental. Um, they're going to move after Ratitude when we have Hurley and... Um, uh, Death to False Metal, which is a little different situation, but th- it gets even a little poppier, and I don't know. That you're, I can see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? I do. I might have explained my way out of it, but I, I do. Tripping Down the Freeway is great. Great. The next song is Love is the Answer. 
remember hearing this and like, all right. Right. <laughs> this is like the Beatles experimental uh-huh. period. Like you got the sitar. They're going the for Indian it. singer. I can enjoy it. Not a cover. Or like their own song? Yeah. What do you mean? Like it says like love is the answer, then it says like in parentheses like something. I don't know what you're talking about. Like it's a different version of a song. I don't know what no. Okay. I don't know what you mean. Bye. Well, oh you do you mean like when you download it on uh Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. On so like, I just thought, like, is this a cover of... Oh, no. If you look at it on Spotify, there are, like, other remixes of it. Uh, and I don't know how they're different. I only have the album version. But, but no, this is, like, their version. Yeah. And as far as I knew, the only one. But Dude, I, I, I love those drums. Do you? Do you like the song? I'm kind of bored by the song, honestly. Yeah. And I don't have anything interesting to say about it. But I can see why it's kind of similar to uh, the drums in... Uh, piece, I think, on Make Believe, or um, I forget which one, but we talked about like Patrick Wilson and the ghost notes, and it's a very simple, oh. but dude, he's a beast drummer. I know. Uh, let it all hang out. Who's next? This is five like really special about this song it's just another catchy chorus yep. I could listen to this song if you forced me to the next one is written by Patrick Wilson the drummer
I remember when I first got this album, if we had been doing a podcast at the time, which we weren't, but it was incubating. When, when I first heard this, this would have been an early contender for Hidden Gem. Yeah. This song's good. Yeah. It does remind me, when I found out it was Patrick Wilson, I was like, oh, that makes sense. It sounds kind of like Automatic from the Red Album. This one's like darker sounding and heavier, but like there's still elements of it that are similar. Mm. But I like the lyrics. Do yeah, I do too. They're kind of like a, a lot of this album is just like kind of fun and yeah. silly-ish. But yeah, I like it. It's short. It's a tight two thirty-nine, so it's a short song, but lots of Weezer songs are short. But this is good. And r- wrapping it all up, I don't want to let you go. Is the last song on this album. times you came to me and told me that you cared i was dreaming of happy days that we both could share maybe i got too excited and maybe you freaked out maybe i just have to call you up and scream and shout all of my friends tell me that i ought to play cool no one likes too much attention from a desperate fool still i don't believe that i can keep it all inside when i see your pretty face i almost want to cry bit of an OCD moment where I felt like I had to make sure we were recording, but we definitely are. Dude, what if we didn't? I'd be mad. <laughs> I would time travel. Yeah, we'd time travel and fix it. We'd fix that the song. Past. I feel like put us to sleep a little bit. <laughs> it's a, it's a. It kind of makes you like think about your life first. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's a decent Weezer album yeah. closer. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's not their strength. It's not only injuries, yeah. but it's fine. Yeah. Do you have? Yeah. I have nothing else to say about it, though, other no. than it's fine. Gratitude was, I thought it was okay, but now I like it a little bit more. Yeah. It has some humor, but some catchy riffs. Yeah. And that you respect. I actually think it's pretty darn good. Yeah. And I like the cover. When I really felt, yeah, I do too. That's a National Geographic photo, actually. Really? That dog jumping over the couch or whatever. That's uh, from National Geographic. That's cool. So... I was listening to this when I smashed into two deer on the way home from a gig in Lima. It was two? Yeah, two. Oh, I mean, I don't know that I hit both of them, but there were definitely two in front of me. And yeah, so it was pretty, um, I listened to it a lot and it, I don't know, for some reason it's maybe seared into my brain more now because of that situation, I guess. But I, I, even just driving out to Lima, I was like, you know what? I really like this album much more than I remembered liking mm-hmm. it. So it, it moved up more. I'll, I don't know where it'll fall in my moved rankings right now, notches. but it definitely moved up a couple of notches. A couple vertebrae. I think I've actually alluded to that already yeah. in, in previous episodes, but definitely. But that brings us to the cover, the cut, and the hidden gem. Do you know what you'd cover if we were going to cover one of these? I said... I said, I'm your daddy. Oh, really? Or let it all hang. 
You can't choose two. You can only choose one. Dude, I think let it all. Let it all. That, the, uh-huh. the one you think is classic Weezer. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But I would do if you're wondering. Is that the you, first one? Yeah. If I want you to, I want you to. Just because that's the well-known one. And it's still good. Yeah. I still like it. What would you cut? Dude, I said tripping down. But I haven't listened to it. I just enough. dropped my maybe microphone. The, maybe on the, the best songs are the ones you gotta listen to. That's true. Um, I'm just not ready. Tripping down the freeway is maybe Do my they play favorite. That live? Do they? I've never seen them. They might have closer to when this if they were touring closer to when this album came out. But yeah. I've never seen it. That's the one. Listening to a lot of these albums as we do this discography is like not depressing, but it's like I have seen Weezer many times, and they only play the hits. Mm-hmm. They don't really do any deep cuts, which kind of bums me out. I get why, but I would love to see them do "Tripping Down the Freeway" or "Put Me Back Together." You know, uh, I'd cut "The Girl Got Hot." I'm just not track three, yeah. which a lot of critics apparently liked. I am just not a fan of it. Really, it bores me. And you know, I I feel like you kind of can't cut "Love Is the Answer," the the Indian nope. sitar uh, one, because that one's because it's yeah. different. It's Weezer's, yeah. And you can't cut sitar song. Yep, exactly. Every band has one. Yep. What's Wherever your I may roam, <laughs> boom, boom. That's right. Wherever can't, I may roam rules. Yeah. Isn't that a that's a single, right? Yeah. Excuse me. What's your hidden gem? I think you know. In the mall. Yep. Was it? Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, I thought maybe can't stop partying, but my hidden gems put me back together. That's the one that they co-wrote with All American Rejects. Oh. Right here, it's clear. I like that. So, you know, it would have been tripping down the freeway if tripping down the freeway wasn't a single, but so put me back together is my hidden gem. So that's that. That's Ratitude, bruh. I would listen to it. Five stars. Five, Five stars. Five stars would listen again. We'll listen. We'll listen again. That'll do it for us. We Bye. got. An, we got another album to go over do, shortly. Do you think that album. Yeah, I do think it, when <laughs> yeah. it comes out, it'll be more attractive to the ladies. Hey, follow us on Wet Bandits Pod, Instagram first, because that's where we'll have clips and pics, like pics of my car after I hit those deer. Those will be up for on every. You you were just telling me. For every review we get, you get a pie to the face. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a yeah. thing. Every review we get, yeah, because that's the other thing I have to tell you. Don't forget to subscribe first. Hit that subscribe button. Done it. Then rate, five stars only. I've done that. Okay, review. Leave a review. That. Then I get a pie to the face, apparently. That's a new thing. Yeah. New bit we do. Yeah. Pie to the face for every review. So I'm looking forward to those pies. Yeah, and you get to pick what's on it. So like at the cool. NPS gummy bears. Nice, nice. Yeah, do that. That's a great idea. Okay, let's get this going. I'll put that on the institute. An advertisement. The pies in the face for every review. P.S. Gummy bears. Yeah, gummy bears are on it. All right. Uh, Candy canes. Thank you to Slammy B for yeah. our theme song. Yeah. Thank you to me for our social media. <laughs> me baby. Thank you to <laughs> us for the production because we're the producers too. Uh, thank you to no guests. We didn't have a guest today. Yep. Uh, we do everything ourselves. Right now I see just credits. Yeah. With our name. Yeah. Like your name, my name, and that's it. Over and over again. The song's almost over. It's time to say something. Yeah. Get, Get wet. wet. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
So finish what you were saying. Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. What was I saying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Lockdown, martial oh, yeah. law. Yeah. Speaking of martial law, I watched Mad Max last night as I was making. I haven't seen that at all. <coughs> Is it recording? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched it while I was making the power hour for tonight, which, like, in my mind, I had an idea of what Mad Max was because I know my parents. The original or the remake? The original. I thought oh. my parents. That, that's not a remake. That's a sequel. Oh. Yeah. I th- remember the original in my mind being more like the sequel yeah that you've seen i haven't seen oh you haven't even no. seen fury road well you've seen like what it looks like uh-huh. you've seen well let me put it this way i was wrong i had certainly i'd either never seen it or had no memory of it because it doesn't look anything like fury road i i know i've seen beyond thunderdome which is more like the fury road oh. where it's you're in the desert and shit i don't know how it was like in the eighties, right? Seventy seven? Oh. Maybe. But then there there was Road Warrior, which was part two. Yeah. And then Thunderdome. I think those were both eighties. Maybe Mad Max the original was eighties. I don't know. But anyway. What the is that is there martial law in that? Uh what's the definition of martial law? I think it's just like the police and whatever authority is now like in charge. Yeah, I honestly, part of why I told you this is because I was so focused making the power hour, I couldn't tell you what happens okay. at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, I watched Rise of Skywalker like three times already. Did you? And? It's all right. It goes by quick because it's just constantly changing. When you say three times already, what do you mean? Like is it what? out on Disney Plus? Uh, I bought it. Di- oh, the digital is Yeah. Out. Okay. You know how they put Frozen out, Frozen 2 out early on yeah. Disney Plus? I was hoping maybe they'd put Rise of Skywalker out early. Yeah, I bought that. So is it good? I mean, I know we've seen it. We've yeah. already talked about it. Do you still give it a B minus? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I will too. Yeah. Corinne and I wa- rewatched all eight. Oh, wow. Again, and tried to re-rank them. My, I don't think my ranks changed other than uh, Return of the Jedi is better than I thought. And maybe, maybe Phantom Menace is a little worse than I thought. Oh, really? Yeah, like there's a lot about, not a lot. There are things about Phantom Menace that I like, but it's not, Phantom Menace is not better than Return of the Jedi. There was part of of me that thought maybe it was, just because Return of the Jedi can get pretty boring. And and Darth Maul and the fight scene in Phantom Menace is fantastic. Yeah. But most of Return of the Jedi is still pretty good. The whole beginning, the whole first 45 minutes rules. Oh, yeah. Jabba the Hutt. And the Sarlacc, is that what it's called? The uh, And the Rancor, the big monster thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. but Yeah, my favorite. Dude, just the original trilogy was so good. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. It's 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 so it's like cliche. Yeah. To be like, well, Empire Strikes Back is the best, and then New Hope is second, and then Return of the Jedi. But that is the ranking. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm more of a New Hope. Then Empire. Yeah. Okay. Just I mean, because, that, like, that's allowed. It's just a cool story. Yeah. By itself. That's true. I mean, it's like just yeah. any good story. You know what? 
something from nothing. The Baron last Baron. The Last Jedi is pretty good. Like I, like I could it. maybe put that ahead of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I don't in fact I don't know what I'm talking about with Phantom Menace. Last Jedi is better Dude, than Dude, I think Menace. the last movie would have been way cool without pa- Palpatine. Yeah. It could have been. I yeah. mean, he was such a central part. It's hard to imagine what it would be uh-huh. without him. Yeah. But like just Ray and Kylo. Just yeah. Duking good. it out. And then like the Skywalker comes to the light. Yeah. And oh. then they're like, have Skywalker babies. I knew that was good. <laughs> uh, it's 724. Should we begin? Yeah. All right. Um, right. Let's see here. Let me get a... What are the odds that this happened? No, here's what I'm going to do. I'm One, gonna test two, three. Yep, just like that. Okay, now I'm going to pause and then turn the volume on, and here we go. One, two, three. Fake out. I forgot. We're starting it to open it a different way. What's that? The date is October oh. 28th. <laughs> That date is October 28th, 2009. The album is Weezer's Ratitude. This is the Wet Bandits Podcast. Son of a bitch. I think you gotta go back. No. It's only the right thing to do. The date is October 28th, 2009. I, I almost, I wasn't sure if I'd remember that. Okay, here, I'm doing it for real this time. The date is October 28th, 2009. The album is Weezer's Ratitude. This is the Wet Bandits Podcast. Dude, dude.